Welcome to the New Author Podcast, a weekly podcast diary starring Jerry Evanoff. You don't see enough positive news about global warming. And Rich Casey. I usually do the smell test and the taste test. I usually don't do the, the look test too much, but sometimes, like if there's furry things growing on it. Join them weekly as they talk about writing, publishing, and marketing their books. They'll talk about their successes, their failures, and everything in between. And along the way, they'll probably veer off the path a little and talk about gardening, television, their world travels, sports, or pretty much any other shiny thing that catches their eye. And now, here are your hosts. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the New Author Podcast. I almost forgot the name of it there for a second, Rich. Um, today is uh, Saturday, December 16th, 2023. This is episode number 246 of the podcast. I am one of the hosts, Jerry Evanoff. And with me from uh, 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 unknown locations is Rich Casey. Rich, how are you? I'm doing well. Actually, I will uh, divulge my location. I'm in the penthouse suite atop the Marriott on a completely deserted and creepily deserted University of Dayton campus. Uh, oh. It is it is bizarre out there. It's just like a wasteland. It's like they've had the zombie apocalypse and there's just like nobody around. Nice. And, and I also have to make a confession. I made the worst bonehead blunder of all bonehead blunders. There, uh, University of Dayton is kind of weird around here because you think a college campus, there'd be a lot of places to eat around the campus and there really isn't. So I had to drive out a little bit. I didn't want to go to McDonald's. I didn't want to go to Wendy's. So I just, I gave up and I went to a Taco Bell. Which in and, in and of itself is fine. I, I eat Taco Bell every now and then. But the bonehead blunder was that on the way back, I realized I had passed a hothead burrito on the way oh. over there. <laughs> and I completely missed out on the Epicurean experience there. <laughs> you had your shot and you blew it. Oh, it's so disappointing. Yeah, and they probably won't be open for breakfast. So <laughs> No, they don't they open at eleven, so yeah, probably yeah. not. Ah man. All right, so this might be the first time we've ever podcasted from the same state. That's kind yeah. of interesting. Yeah, I think so. Oh, hopefully the Wi-Fi. Hours of... I was going to say, hopefully the Wi-Fi and the internet connection will be better because we're closer. Yeah, exactly. I'm hoping that's it too. We're we're about four hours apart, though, so we're about as far apart as you can be. You know, if you went a little bit more southwest and I went a little bit north, more northeast, then then we'd be a little bit farther apart, but not much. So, well, it's um, interesting. I'm further away from you than I am from Detroit, then right now. Because I'm only yeah, about two and a half hours yeah. from Detroit. Yeah. yeah, it's about four hours to Dayton. It's, an, it's two and a half to Columbus. Oh, maybe it's three and a half to Dayton. So maybe okay. it's about the same. Yeah. Okay. With, All right. With that, so, with that geography lesson. <laughs> yeah, there you go. At least we're not talking sports. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Let me jump into my stats here for the week. We got an interesting week. Um, book two in the murder mystery series, Inheriting Murder, is up 1,955 words to 71551. Uh, this completes the second revision. Kind of. I kind of cheated a little bit. Um, I have 25 chapters in this draft. And, and as I've said before, chapter 25 is the the final chapter. It's not written, but it's you know kind of bullet pointed like crazy. And there's some paragraphs in there, but it's actually not written. It's, it's almost like it's plotted. Um, and the word count 71551 does include chapter 25. Uh, I got about halfway through chapter 24 yesterday and kind of stopped because that's the beginning pieces of what I call the windup. It happens actually a little bit earlier in chapter 24. So I stopped there because until I get the, the clues and the, the final pieces nailed down in the first 23 and a half chapters, I really can't write chapter 24 or finish chapter 24 and then write chapter 25. So I'm calling the, the first, the first, the second draft complete and I'm ready to now go on to the next revision, which is just all the story grid stuff. And I'll talk about that in a little while. Um, What else? Yeah. So my plan now would be would be the story grid stuff and then not only that but at the same time figure out what i'm missing 
uh, you know, I have a lot of notes in the margin in Scrivener for every chapter of make sure to add this three chapters ago and make sure to put this in somewhere and that kind of thing. So I'll have to go back and do that. And then the, the last step of that revision will be uh, getting it into Living Writer. And we'll talk about that uh, later because it's kind of a fun thing. Do you plan on uh, shipping this off to C to edit or? Yeah, eventually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know when. I always struggle on when to contact her because the minute I contact her, I now have a deadline and I don't like deadlines. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. And I know she's busy. So it's just like, I, hopefully when I email her, I'll be, let's say, six weeks out and she'll say, oh, I have availability in six weeks. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. Right, um, right. Hopefully we'll it's not see. like like Claire Cronshaw, who I, I thought about using uh, just because Paul Teague speaks so highly of her. But she's like, right now she's booked up through, uh, I think, next June or something like that. Jeez. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, mean, unless I don't know what I'm doing some... for lunch next week. I don't know how you can book yourself out like that. Holy exactly, cow. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'm sure people drop out. Like you said, maybe maybe C will have a last minute dropout or something. Yeah. Yes, but I think that happened with my first book with her. So yeah, it's mm -hmm. definitely possible. Uh, the two short stories I'm working on, well, one's a novella, one's a short story. No change on either of those. Uh, Mail Light, I'm still sitting at uh, 1,080. No change there. Uh, in terms of Facebook, my my I'm up one follower to 220. This is my I just finished my third week, or today I guess could be the end of my third week of doing Christmas content just about every day. Uh, for kicks this week on Monday, I I put in there. Here's my favorite my top five favorite TV shows of all time. And then starting Monday, I watched the Christmas episode of that TV show each night until yesterday. And that was kind of fun. They were all sitcoms, which made it easy because they're 22 minutes long. And, and because I've seen most of them, they're easy to write about too. So uh, it did make it easier to do it. I'm going to jump into some movies uh, through the last eight or nine days of this uh, just to see, you know, just to finish it up. I do like doing it. I don't think I'm getting any different kind of a response. I'm getting the same kind of follower uh, per what day, whatever you want to call it, um, that I was getting when I was just posting regularly anyway. But this is just, an, right. this is kind of an easy way to come up with content every day for at least sure. a month. So yeah, sure. Yeah. But I'm going to give you a fantasy football update because I know everyone cares. Now I do have a little bit of a blunder of my own to talk about. So uh -oh. in my big league, the $1,750 league, um, I, I finished in third place and was excited about the, the regular se season playoffs. Third place guaranteed me $1,100 because that's what third place paid. But I thought in the playoffs, I can move up to second or maybe move up to first. And I didn't realize that there are no playoffs. So oh, really? I finished. Oh. Yeah, what he what, what they do with this particular league type is they have a overall league uh, playoffs. So from the 21 or 22 leagues that they have, the, the primetime leagues that are 17, everybody pays the sa same amount to get in 1700 there's a regular season first, second, and third. And then the top three people are thrown into a, a, a playoff, a kind of an overall playoff with the, the, the top three of all the other leagues. And then there's other people that can get in also. So there's 275 teams in the overall that starts today. And if you, in order to get money out of that, you have to finish in the top 26. Okay. But you're, so, you're still in that though. Right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, and I have okay. a pretty good team. So I'm, I'm you know, I, I feel like I have a chance to get something out of it. We'll see. Um, I mean, 10% or so are going to win money. And I, there's no reason why I can't be in that 10%. Right. Um, but I did get paid. So what they did was they paid the regular season money out yesterday. So I I, had, I woke up uh, yesterday morning with $1,400, uh, 1100 for that league. And then I won 300 in another league in the regular season. That I, that one does have a playoff, so I can win another 800 But um, so I won $1,400. I pulled that out immediately. And I got paid yesterday. So I pulled, I got paid and I pulled that money out from the fantasy league and immediately moved like 
I don't know, $2,500 into my ally savings account. And I'm really close to my, uh, my, my um, emergency fund being fully funded. It's going to take maybe another month and I'll be there. So that really did help get me closer uh, to the, the financial stuff I'm working on. I thought you were going to tell me that that money was burning a hole in your account and you went out and bought that <laughs> curved screen for yourself. So I thought about it, but then I realized the best thing to do is just get the ally thing going, get the transfer going. Cause it takes three days. I won't see it until, you know, Wednesday, I think. And then it takes another three days. So it's, it's like, I put it in there. It takes three days to get the money. It really gives me time to think about, you know, I, I'm, I'm the master of the uh, impulse buy, but when I can't get the money for three days and I can actually think about it, I usually change my mind pretty quick. So, yeah, it's you know, good. it's, it's crazy mm -hmm. not in, in this day and age that it takes that long to actually get your money because it's there instantly. They're just holding on to it. They're, they're making interest off of it or whatever. And, uh, they're, they're, because there's no reason it can't clear instantly. I'll schedule, I scheduled it today. I'll wake up tomorrow. It'll be out of my Chase savings account, but it won't show up in Ally until Wednesday, which means it'll be neither place, at least that I can see visibly. Right. And that's a weird feeling. Right, right. Um, so my, my plan is to have basically two emergency funds. The first one is the original 1000, which is step one of Dave Ramsey's plan in my Chase account where I can get to it immediately. And then I want to have like 12,000 in my Ally one, which is a high percentage uh, it's 4.25% annual interest so that that money should grow by, you know, what is that? I don't even know what that is. If I have 12,000, what would that be? $500 or so the first year and then a little bit more after that. So, yep. which is way better than I'm going to get out of chase. So um, let's see. And then last week's goal was to continue working through the editing, the revision, get it finished, which I did, uh, even though I did stop about halfway through 24 instead of finishing 24, I'm going to call it a success because I'm calling the draft over with and tomorrow morning I'll start working on revision number three, which is the, the story grid revision, basically. That's fantastic. Yeah, a lot done. I actually had a really good week too, uh, surprisingly so, because I knew I was going to get ready yeah. to leave on this trip and spend two days this week actually driving. Uh, but my Death Comes to Paradise was up 2,145 words. I actually wrote a chapter that I've been having some trouble actually getting down on paper. It's kind of a bridge chapter to some new stuff that I had written earlier. Uh, but the whole story now stands at 59,761. Still think I'll get to 65 to 70,000 before the, uh, the the whole thing is over. I also worked a little bit on Shroud of Shadows, the new story I started the week before. It's up 1,938 words to, and that's about, that's uh, roughly two, yeah, I think it was two episodes uh, that I wrote for that. And it stands right now at 6,612 words. Uh, that one's just going to be slowly marching on through time as we go forward. Uh, both What the Cat Dragged In and Mistakes Were Made are, are unchanged for the week. I did get 8,593 KU equivalent page reads for the week, so I now am at 208,118 page reads on the year uh, for my Vela stories. So I, I crossed that $200,000 or $200,000. I wish it was $200,000. Uh, that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, the 200,000 page read barrier. Uh, I don't know why I can read it in these last couple of weeks since it's going to just be a lot of family time and a lot of uh, not paying attention to it. Uh, I, I should be able to get over 210. Maybe I get 220. Who knows? Depends how much time I put into it. And as of sitting here right now, I probably won't be putting in a whole lot of time. Uh, if for no other reason than after we're done at my mother's house here for the next few, uh, or I'm going to be down there for the next week or so, uh, then we're going to be at my in-laws, which live in the mountains of Virginia. You just can't get any kind of internet reception there. Yeah. Uh, they're on DSL, and it's it's like, you know, the slow skis with the turtles in the old commercial. You just can't yeah. take it. Oh, <laughs> 
I'd have to move. I don't. I don't get that. It's, yeah, and that's just because it's not available to them, right? No, well, live? I think I told you the story before. Yeah, they live in kind of a little bit of a Tony subdivision, out, way outside of town in the uh, in the mountains, in in a on an old what was an old farm that got parceled up into five acre lots. Uh, and it's all wooded and stuff, and it's deep ravines. And you know, there's a reason why there's no internet out there. But a few years ago, they ran fiber optic out to it, and every household had to pay like 7,000 bucks. It was just yeah. kind of one of those homeowners association fees in order to get the fiber optic out there. But then it was going to cost like another couple of thousand to get it from the road to the house. And they didn't want, they paid the 7,000 to be good citizens, but they didn't want to spend the extra couple thousand to get it to the house. So it's out there, wow. but they don't have it. Yeah. Um, okay. If I knew more about it, maybe I would, maybe I'd go out there and tap it, just sit on the road and use it. But <laughs> It doesn't work that way. Um, all right. So jumping into my uh, my weekly review. Um, last Sunday, I did go to Panera in the morning. Okay. So before I started writing, I was kind of sitting there. I believe I just got a banana, I mean, a, a blueberry muffin. And I was kind of looking through the AI stuff with Living Writer. And it really was intriguing. I think I even watched the video again um, with subtitles on, subtitles on, closed captioning, whatever it's called, on so that I could read it because I don't want to make it have any noise flying through Panera. Um, and, and it just seems so interesting, but it's $29 a month, which is way, it just, it just seems too expensive for me to want for any kind of like a monthly bill that's not like cable or, or insurance or whatever. Right. Um, so I actually just, for kicks, I just emailed them and said, hey, can you guys give me like a free trial on this? I don't care if it's 24 hours. I just want to try out this AI stuff to see if it's what I want. Because based on their video, it's everything that I do with ChatGPT. I just spend a lot of time copying back and forth. It's not that user-friendly. It's not that easy. But And they even say right in the beginning of that video, here's a bunch of stuff you can do with AI, but we're not allowing it to write for you, which is exactly what I want. And um, so then I started working on Chapter 22, uh, I didn't come anywhere near close to finishing. It's really long. Uh, the last couple of chapters, actually, I know that usually they're supposed to like, you know, they speed up as you go, as you go further. Mine are actually getting longer as I got further into the book. So I'm probably going to have to break those up a little bit and, and make them a little shorter uh, or, or cut them into smaller uh, multiple chapters just to make it feel like it's, it's speeding up a little bit. Um, Rest of the day, nothing writing related. Uh, home to watch football. The Browns won, which always makes it a good day. And that actually always makes it a good week, too. It's like, it, it's amazing how waking up on a Monday morning after a Browns win, you're just, I'm just in a better mood than I am. And not even on purpose. It's just, that's how it is. It's a, it's a strange thing. Yeah. So. I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk a little bit later about uh, all the podcasts I've been listening to. But since you brought up this idea of, of how the chapters are getting longer and maybe need to be split up and, and, and how to deal with, uh, the pacing of the story. Uh, Jonah Penn, I don't know if you heard this podcast. It was, it was some time ago with, uh, I think his name was John Gaspard, but he's a, a screenwriter uh, and has worked in Hollywood for a long time. And uh, he talks a lot about how to, how to in that podcast about how to handle pacing, especially how to handle the end of a, of a story and how to wrap up all the arcs, but yet still have a cliffhanger that's not going to piss people off, but will get them to stick around for the next story. So it might be worth a listen. I'm pretty sure his name was Gaspard. That sounds familiar. I think I've heard that name before on, on the podcasts. Right. I don't know if I've heard the interviews with him, but I think I've heard that name before. I think he's, yeah, I think he was, he was doing the rounds of podcasts at that time. I think he out, appeared on mm -hmm. Mark Dawson's show as well. Yeah. Uh, 
All right, so let's see. On Monday morning, I woke up to an email from Living Writer saying, no, they're not going to give me a 24-hour trial, but they're happy to give me a fresh two-week trial instead, which was <laughs> very, very kind of them. Uh, I did not expect that. I wasn't. I, all I wanted was a couple days, and I, like I said, I even said, I just need 24 hours. But then the second part of the email was, yeah, but we can't find your account. And um, so I sent them a screenshot of when I log in and go to account settings. It's got like my email and a couple other things. I sent them that screenshot. And then didn't really hear anything from them. So around one o'clock, I was being impatient. I opened up my Chrome and I opened up the my account. You know, I went to the Living Writer page and then I opened up the Chrome debugger tools. And if you look at in the network tab, there's a whole bunch of things that get called that run through the network. And one of them was just me, M-E slash, which made me think, okay, that's the method that gets called in the code when the page opens. And I opened it up and I looked at the, the response back from the server and it had all this information about me that I'm sure would be in the database. So I sent them a screenshot of that. I just said, hey, here's some JSON code here. There's a bunch of IDs in here. You might be able to search the database and search your database and find me in one of these IDs. Um, you know, if you need anything else, let me know. And um, again, I, I didn't hear anything back. I don't know what was going on with them. They, they emailed me that first time and they didn't write back to me. So uh, I worked the rest of the day and then around 5.30, I just happened to open Living Writer and it said at the top of the page, you have 15 days free trial. And I'm like, oh, they, they didn't tell me, but I'll take it. Sure. Uh, so I, I copied, I opened, up, I, I opened up, I think I put the first, what was it? I plotted this book in Living Writer or something back maybe six, eight months ago. I put something in there, I don't remember what it was, but I opened it up and I only had about half the AI tools that they talked about in their video. And I thought, wow, that, a couple of them are the ones I really want to try out and they're missing. And one of them is this AI chat tool. And I forget what the other one is off the top of my head, but I did have access to the um, the outline tool and I had access to the edit tool. Um, I thought, well, I'm going to have to try this. But I did email them again. I say, hey, and I'm, 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 I'm not trying to be a pest here. I understand that I'm not a paying subscriber yet. And I wasn't trying to pester them. But I wrote again and just said, hey, I only see about half the edit tools. Is that what your trials are like? Or could I get get it quick, you know, even again, 24 hours of all of them. Um, and I hoped that they would respond back to me and, and say, you know, hey, our trials are only set up this way or yeah, no problem or something. But I literally have not heard from them since that first email when they couldn't find my account, even though they're obviously doing stuff to my account because they gave me the trial. It was the, it's the weirdest thing. Um, I, I say yay for the free free uh, free trial, but boo for the customer service. It, right. It's weird. You know, I don't know what was going on there. Maybe, maybe they thought I was being annoying. I don't know. It was just weird. Is, it, is there like a, a one-man team behind Living Writer? Is it a bunch of people or do you know? I don't know. I get Living Writer and Noveler mixed up. I'm pretty sure Noveler is four people and they, right. put, they put all their information on the web pages. I think I went to their, their About Us section, didn't see anything about them. So I don't know. It may okay. be one person. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure. There's a lot of work being done here. So I'd be surprised if it was just one programmer. Um, doing this and if it is good for that person because man they're working hard yeah, um, yeah. It, it, the thing that i really like about it again I, I i'll post a link to the video i think i have it in there last week i'll post it again this week the things that they add it added in to this thing it's almost like they were in my head i mean it was outlining it was editing and then there's this ai chat tool where it looks like you could just go in and talk to it just like you can with chat gpt right. i don't know if it's um can I talk to it about anything or does it have to be writing related? I don't know. But the way they, they set it up so that you can easily kind of reinsert edited things and just all the things that they, they did, it's exactly what I would be looking for um, in terms of editing. So right. the funny thing is, is I don't think I would cancel ChatGPT because I use it for 
so many other things. I use it for programming stuff. I use it for work for programming. I use it for personal for programming. I use it. I mean, I just, I mean, I use it to come up with my hashtags for my Facebook posts every, every day. I mean, I use it for so much that I think I would keep it anyway. Uh, I'm right. not sure yet, but I think so. So, yeah. Um, let's see. So I did. Um, so that night, Monday night, I did use one of the tools, which was the editing part. So what you do is <clears throat> I copy chapter one into the, the living writer. And then what you, anytime you highlight anything, a word, a sentence, a paragraph, whatever, you get a little pop-up pop box. I think this exists in the past where you can, you can click footnote or comment, but now there's a new one called rewrite. And when you click rewrite, it opens up this freeform little text box where you can just type the way that you want it rewritten. And in the demo, in their video, I think they just typed angry and then it literally rewrote the paragraph with an angry type of mood over whatever it was. If I don't know what it was before that, I just typed more descriptive. Okay. And um, and it gave me a brand new paragraph in, in the box. And it, I'm pretty sure it's either calling ChatGPT or doing the same kind of thing because it's that horrible pur pur purple prosy style that you get with ChatGPT right, that, right. that I would. So what I'll do is, you know, the way I use ChatGPT now for editing is I'll copy a sentence in or a paragraph and I'll say, hey, give me a better description here or change, give me some emotion from one of my characters and I'll put stuff like, you know, show don't tell, don't use adverbs, work from Sam's point of view. So don't give me anybody else's thoughts, you know, that kind of thing. It'll give me a really terrible rewrite, but what it'll do is it'll give me three or four words that I hadn't thought of. So then I'll take those words out and then I'll put them into my text uh, and kind of rewrite it a little bit using those words because they were better words than what I had thought of. Right. Well, another thing you might try, which I've been, playing around with in Novel Crafter is instead of telling it to uh, be more descriptive in that little box, ask it to expand. Just type the word expand and see if that works. Because what you can do in Novel Crafter is you can uh, highlight a section of text. And let's say it was a, a section of dialogue that was just very, way, way too short uh, and didn't really uh, serve the purpose that you wanted. You wanted it more fleshed out. You highlight the dialogue, you hit click the little expand button that they have in Novel Crafter, and it'll take that one paragraph of maybe, or that one section of dialogue with maybe two or three sentences in it, and it'll expand it out to five or 10. Uh, and then you can kind of look at that and say, well, is this over the top or is it you know too short or yeah. whatever? You can do the same thing with this, with uh, descriptive or setting uh, yeah. in there as well. And uh, that may help it keep it from getting too purpley for you. What are you finding with the novel crafter in terms of um, in terms of the the text that you get back? Is it just as I, I just keep using the term purple prosy? Uh, is it the same thing? You know, it completely depends on which uh, LLM you use because you know through novel crafter you have access to about uh, more than a dozen I think different right. ones. So you you use GPT for yeah you're going to get really purple prose. Claude can have a tendency to do that as well. Uh, but not quite so much. Some of the other more specialized uh, uh, LLMs, uh, like Erebus and some other ones, uh, they're more direct and to the point. Uh, they're really designed, I think, more for copywriting and, and doing more, maybe more technical writing. Uh, so they're not as purpley. There's not as many adjectives and adverbs uh, in them. Yeah. So yeah, really depends. Yeah, you really have to play around. I I have no, I can't really at the moment. I haven't done it enough to say, okay, this one's good for this kind of thing. This other one's right. good for another kind of thing. But um, the one thing I do find well, that Claude Claude does very very well compared to GPT four is it's very good on dialogue. Uh, it it, hmm. it creates very realistic and believable dialogue. Hmm. 
Um, and, and with this one, with Inside This Living Writer, you actually get that box and you hit the button, it'll rewrite it for you. And then what's nice about it is they literally just give you an insert button you can press and it'll overwrite what you highlighted with the new stuff. And if you want to, if you want to put the whole thing in there and then edit it, you can. I can't imagine anybody's writing like complete stories without editing. It's with with AI. I don't. I don't think it's anywhere near there yet. I, I'm assuming. Oh no, 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 no. But it's no, yeah, no. it's not yeah. there yet. Um, so I really like that. Um, that's gonna. That would make. I can do that now with ChatGPT, but there's a lot of copying and pasting back and forth. Um, there's also a lot of you know, I have to type certain things whenever I want to do it in ChatGPT. Where this one, I just highlight it. Give it a give it a sentence and or a descriptor or like you know whatever and it just gives it to me. So I really do like that. Right. Uh, later that night, I did cancel another subscription that I have for something that I, I didn't have very long. I didn't use it. It was also thirty dollars a month. So if I decide to go with Living Writer, and let's be honest, I'm probably going to do at least one month just to get access to those other tools to see how they work. Um, the thing that I cancel will cancel out this cost and it'll be it'll be the same. And then, like I said, I probably won't cancel ChatGPT anytime soon. I really do like it for more than just writing. And actually, I probably use it more for other things than I do writing, which um, which is why I would keep it. Right. You know, I, it, it just occurred to me something I did learn, again, from listening to the podcast is even if these, L, these LLMs or AIs or whatever you want to call them get very good at writing prose, uh, under our current legal structure, Unless your AI uses de minimis, what they call de minimis, uh, very, very uh, tangential to the actual written prose, it can't be copyrighted. If you're using AI to generate a lot of prose, oh, really? it cannot be copyrighted. Oh, so wow. if you happen to generate a story with AI that gets that is very popular, anybody in the world could take that story and start and repackage it and put it out under their own name as well. So it, there's really a dis disincentive there for authors that he actually uses to generate prose. Uh, generating ideas, you know, having conversations with it about what's the best way to go forward at this point in the story, et cetera. That's fine, as long as you write the prose. Right, yeah. Uh, let's see, so Tuesday I woke up hoping to hear from Living Writer that, hey, uh, we, we changed it or whatever it was. And like I said, nothing. I haven't heard, not heard from them the rest of the, since I sent that first, uh, since they sent me that first email saying we can't find your account, um, so I, I don't expect to, but that's okay. I don't, I don't really care. It's, it's doing what I wanted to do, so uh, I'm pretty happy about that. So th this was Tuesday. So uh, after work, so I worked all day. I worked from home like always, and after work, I didn't really want to go to Hothead, but I did want to write. So I just, I got, I, I dropped my my dog off at my mom and dad's, and like I've told my my dad many times, sometimes I don't know where I'm going to go until I get in the car and just start driving. And then, so the, I ended up at Chick-fil-A, which was fine. And I began working on chapter 23. This is another big, long chapter. Mostly, this one I'm not sure about. It's most, it's like a, it's like the two characters spending a long time talking and they go through a number of subjects. I actually had to split it up in the book with little asterisks just so I knew what the next subject was. And I'm thinking, man, I don't know if this is good as a chapter. It's like 3,000 words, maybe even 4,000 words. And it's literally just two people talking the entire time. Now they're changing the subject. There's there's revelations happening. The very end of the chapter, something happens. So, you know, it's not like it's a boring chapter, but it's just, it seems like it might be a little bit too long. And there's no really good, like, cliffhangery spot to cut it in half either. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do about that chapter yet. Um, we'll find out. I, I don't know. When I when I get to formatting, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take a look at it. I did get an email that day. That was Tuesday. So Wednesday, I did work from home. Again, nothing writing related on Wednesday, um, except in the evening when I was watching my Christmas episode of Cheers. 
Uh, I did move a couple more chapters into Living Writer with the idea of testing the AI things. Um, and uh, this is where I wanted to um, use some of the other AI things and I just didn't have that access. So I kind of moved them in, formatted it a little bit, and just they're sitting there now waiting. Um, I did an email, email though while I was working from work from our HR department saying that February 1st, 2024, we have to start going in two days a week, which, oh, wow. you know, I don't really want to, but I also don't mind, like, I don't mind being in the office. I, don't, I wouldn't mind being in the office five days a week. It's just living 60 miles away, you know, an eight hour day for me is really 10 and a half to 11 hours. Right. And that sucks. So what I may do and I, I talked to our bo my boss's boss about this, our CIO about this uh, on Thursday. What I may do is try to rework my schedule a little bit so that I can get back to a 90-minute lunch when I'm in the office like I did back in the day. Um, I always got a lot of writing done during that 90-minute lunch. Um, right. Yeah. All right. So let's see. Thursday, I was off to work, going into the office, uh, but I only worked a half a day. I did stop on my way home. So I left around 11.45. Stopped at Rockney's on my on my way home and had a, a buffalo chicken salad, which is really just a salad with buffalo chicken on top and then ranch and French fries, which is the only way to eat a salad with is with <laughs> French fries on top of it. Um, and then I continued working on that monster chapter number uh, chapter twenty three. Um, it's it's a rough one. I, I I don't know how I feel about it yet, and that makes me think it's not good. Like I'm not out there going, this is really good. I'm, if I'm having doubts about it, what's the reader going to think? So I I, I have to really dive into that and see what I can do. But I did finish it. Uh, and then I had included a small section at the very end where my main character figures out the entire thing. I wanted to have kind of a usual suspects moment where uh, the cop drops the the uh, coffee cup and it shatters. I've got my main character dropping the papers he's looking at, which I, I kind of thought of kind of a, a usual suspects moment. Um, I got home around three o'clock, spent about an hour getting a chapter. Okay, this is a funny story. <clears throat> I spent about an hour getting a chapter ready to read for my writer's club that night put it into the Google document and printed out a couple copies of it and then walked over and we got there and there's, I don't know, I think there were five of us, one, two, three, four, no, six of us, six of us this time. And one of the guys that comes is this kid, Alex, and he's writing a self-insert Star Wars fan fiction. Okay. And he's been writing it for a couple years now. And he's really only a couple chapters in because he keeps rewriting a lot of the same chapters. So we'll give him feedback and he'll rewrite it and bring it back in. And he also doesn't show up every month. So he might miss a month or two because of work here and there. And he's, he, you know, he, he's very, very new to writing. I don't know if anybody ever taught him. He's where I was in 2017 when I first started writing. And I would send a, a chapter to my mom and she would just rip it apart. And then give it back to me and I would do it again and she would rip it apart again and eventually we would get there. And he's the same way. So we spent a lot of time talking about this rewrite. This rewrite he did, you know, it's the first time that I really read it and went, hey, there's a lot of really good things in here. A lot of good deep point of view. You know, you're, you're really feeling what the character is saying, but there's still something that needs work. And, um, uh, and, and at one point I, what happens is um, one of the guys in the group will start out by giving a lot of grammar corrections and give his opinion of little things. And he's really good. Uh, he's read a lot. He's in his seventies. He's read a lot. He's, you know, he knows a lot. So getting his opinion is really good. And then it usually gets to me and um, Jake and Mallory. And we kind of have our own points of view from what we've read in the past, but we all know enough about story to be able to critique someone correctly or what we think is correctly. My big thing with him was, you know, you've got these scenes in here. You've got this piece of the dialogue where I need reaction. You're, you're, you're basically saying to the bad guy, I know everything about you. And his only reaction is his eyes widened. 
and that's it. And I'm like, dude, I need so much more from the bad guy here. And then the next sentence was the same thing. I'm like, I need so much more. So we start talking about it. And then Jake starts peppering him with things. It's really just me and Jake going back and forth, kind of peppering this kid. I kind of felt bad. I kind of felt like we were like really hitting him hard, but we weren't, we were just trying to understand um, what was going on. So finally I told him like, listen, Alex, you cannot write another word in this story until you sit down and give me or write a backstory for your character. And it's a backstory that's not going to go in the book because you need that backstory because if you don't know your character's backstory, you're not going to understand why he's doing what he's doing. Right. And I'm like, no offense, but right now it sounds like you're here to just, and I kind of looked around and then I apologized when I said, you know, F stuff up. That's all you're doing. That's all your character's doing. And I don't understand why. He's in a really precarious situation here. And he's just like screwing around. It doesn't make sense to me. And Jake was right. kind of get him with the same thing. And, and we went on for a good hour and 10 minutes. This is a two-hour writer's club. And we went on for a good hour and 10 minutes on just one guy. It was kind of fun. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> he he probably didn't enjoy it very no. much. But... <laughs> Have you ever have you ever walked him through how to break down a chapter uh, via the story grid process? Not or, really. Um, is it just sounds? I, it sounds like he doesn't under necessarily understand how a chapter is structured, uh, and how you have to have you know a rising conflict and then you know the resolution and all that kind of crap. Yeah. Um, and he just wants to have he wants to have conflict, but he wants since he I assume the character that's just spilling all this onto the bad guy is, is actually him you know in, yes, it is. it's yeah. a complete self-insert yeah right right so he uh yeah he doesn't really understand what story he, does and, and alex if you're listening i don't think you listen but if you're listening i apologize for what i'm about to say so i was watching a brandon sanderson video you know he puts all those videos up from his teaching from his class that he teaches and he did one a couple years ago and he talked about writers groups and and critique groups and he said when you read the minute you stop reading, what you have to do is shut up and listen. You can't, right. you can't interrupt people when they're critiquing you and try to defend your position because that's not what you're not there to def, to read it and then tell you tell everybody else why it's good. You're there to hear everybody's opinion. And he is very defensive when you start. It got, it got to a point last year where I just quit critiquing him because he didn't listen. He didn't care. It, it right. was always, I get halfway through my sentence and he would just interrupt me and tell me why he did it that way. And, and I didn't care. He still does it. He's not as bad as he used to. He still does it, but his writing is getting better. And that's why I'm kind of back into it. Plus it's Star Wars and it's, it's, it's the Clone Wars <laughs> cartoon is the time period. I'm the only other person in the room who knows the characters and stuff from that cartoon. So I'm actually enjoying reading it and it's right. getting better. I just wish he was a little bit better when it came to like taking their critiques he doesn't have to right. you don't have to like take what everybody says and immediately change what you're doing but you should listen and he doesn't always listen to people, yeah so. yeah well this is the problem with, with critique groups sometimes you know it's uh mm -hmm. especially ones that are um populated by people at different levels of writing skill so yeah i've published more books than everybody else in, the, in that group combined right. um and i'm mine i'm sure mine aren't great i mean they're just I don't know. They're, they're, I was a newbie when I wrote my first book. So, um, but but the thing is, is that uh, Jake and Mallory and Dan have so much uh, reading background, and they have some writing, but they've never published. But they have some writing, but they have so much of the reading background that 
when they give critiques, like to me, it's like, this is amazing. I, I would have never thought of that. You know, I'm always taking those. And Jake to this day has the best piece of advice anybody's ever given me. And I have it in my phone and I go to it. And he told me one day, he said, write the action scene in reverse. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, when you have an action scene, let's say you have a fight that's going to take place in a room before the fight starts, set up that room, put, put pieces in, into place so that when the fight starts, you can use those pieces. And it's been such a great piece of advice. It's the best advice I ever got from, from that writer's group is from Jake when he said, write the action scene in reverse. So, uh, so anyway, so then, then uh, Michaela was next. She read hers and she's really, really good. There, there's not a lot of, it's so funny. His was an hour and 10. Hers is like 10 minutes of us just saying, yeah, we really liked it. Like, I don't know what to say. I look, she used the word then too many times to me. That was it. I like, she's really good at what she does. She's going to go, I believe tra traditional publishing, and she's writing a, a Davy Jones Locker kind of book right now, kind of like a what do you call it? like a sail, not a pirate, a pirate one from from that time period. It's, again, huh. she's really good. Um, is it romance or, then, is it, or is it action adventure? No, it's action adventure. Yeah, although it got a little fantasy last night, which was kind of surprising to all of us. It was an interesting little twist that she put on. Oh, so I'm looking for little parts of I, the Caribbean. I, yeah, maybe. Yeah, and I it, it's funny. I was I you know people be like who wants to go first, and I'll sit there and be like, well, I'd like Michaela to go first because I'm really interested in what she has to read. So yeah, she's really good. Uh, and then I read mine. So there was 15 minutes left because we'd worked so long on Alex's that it was now time for me to read mine. And I was just like, guys, we don't really have to, I don't need to rush through this and, and read, you know, we can, we talked about story for like an hour and a half. I had a blast doing that. It was a lot of fun, but then there was like this weird, uncomfortable silence. And I hate uncomfortable silence. Uh, if you ever want to make me uncomfortable, just don't talk when it's your turn to talk. And I'll, <laughs> I'll eventually, I'll tell a story that I shouldn't because I just, that, yeah, yeah. so I said, I have, fine, I'll read, I'll read. I have a niece. I'm interrupting your story with another story. I have a niece who, uh, whole time she was growing up, she's she's in her mid twenties now, and she she was diagnosed as being autistic when she was like 23 or something like that. And in retrospect, we should realize that she was autistic because one of the things she used to always do is, uh, if we were sitting around and we weren't actively engaged with her or talking to her, after about five seconds, she would get she would go, "Are you guys mad at me?" How come you're not talking to me? You know what I'm no. <laughs> yeah. I don't do that, but I will talk. Yeah. The silence just creeps me out. So yeah, I right. would, yeah. Well, um, so I, I'm like, fine, I'll read guys. I'll just read, I'll go really fast without reading fast, which is impossible. And, um, and you guys can just give me a few minutes and we'll see what happens. So I started reading and through the first page i think i said the word dark or darkness like 12 times and the word light like another eight times and i said the word house or home another eight times and i got to the end of the first page and i just went guys i'm gonna stop this is awful i apologize for wasting your time and and dan was like no it's fine i'm no no, no. i'm done i'm not going this is really really bad i'll read it out loud to myself next time and i'll, I'll before next time and bring, and bring it in we all just so like, you, you had not read this before to yourself no no no, I, I edited it from three to four, kind of sitting at my computer, maybe uh, reading it a little bit, but not like reading it from start to finish fully. So yeah. Yeah, I'm really I'm really surprised at the at the at the words I reuse constantly. Uh you know, it will be three or four times in the paragraph. And yeah, you go back and you read it out loud, it sounds really weird. That's why I love pro writing aid, because it will pick those up, those echoes yeah. up and and, and yeah. flag them. Grammarly probably does too. Um, yeah, it does. It does. All right. So Friday, I worked from home uh, all day. And then after work, I, I went to Hothead. So I didn't go on Tuesday. I thought, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep writing this chapter. I want to try to get finished. Um, 
So I decided to go to Hothead to, to start working on chapter 24, which was the final chapter of the draft. I got about halfway through, but I had a really important thing I had to do in the evening, so I didn't stay very long. So I got to the point in chapter 24 where I thought, okay, this is probably a good place to end the, the draft or the revision because I just don't, I don't know what to do next until I figure out all the clues in, in the, throughout the entire story. And then once my character starts revealing to everyone who did it and how they did it, because there's two, there's really two murders in this. There's the, the murder from 17 years ago, and then there's the murder from uh, two weeks ago. And in the, at the end of chapter 24, he's going to solve the murder from, from 17 years ago. And that's going to lead into him solving the murder from uh, two weeks ago. And that's kind of how I'm doing it. So um so i left um stopped no i didn't stop i just went home uh and then i had to what i had to do that night was i had to spend about two and a half hours wrapping the rest of the gifts so I, I i didn't want to order stuff from amazon ship it to Lindsay and her family you know the husband and and the niece and the nephew and 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 say okay amazon gift wrap this for me because they do a terrible job it's always in a bag with some tissue paper or whatever it's not very good so i told my mom i said listen let's get all the gifts wrap them and then i'll put them in a big box and i'll just ship the box on saturday mm -hmm. so I, I i had to finish packing i actually at about 8 30 i had to change my clothes and put pants back on and go out to right aid because i forgot to get a couple of things uh, i needed a christmas card and a few other things so i, I did that came home and by about nine o'clock i had i had put everything into into boxes and then into a bigger box with bubble wrap and i, I had to use two of my bath towels just to make sure things didn't shift or move yeah. like it's a whole puzzle that Lindsay's gonna have to deal with when she gets it um and i got that all sealed up and ready to go and uh it'll be it's i'm glad because now they get to unwrap gifts instead of actually you know opening little baggies from amazon which I, so so did you lose two bath towels yeah, 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 I shipped them to her. Yeah, and I'll text her and just be like, okay, you can send them back to me if you want. If you don't want to, Merry Christmas. Here's two bath towels. Yeah. I think yeah. she, I think one of them, she might have bought me for Christmas a couple of years ago. So oh, okay. It works okay. Uh, and then this morning, uh, up early, we had our last week of the indoor golf simulator league. Me and my buddy Sean played from 10 to 11. Uh, and then afterward, I went to the UPS store to ship the box. It was funny. I waited on my, my person, my scale that I have in my bathroom and, and measured it. And it was 25 pounds and the box was 19 by 19 by 19. So if you go to UPS's website, you can put all that information in there. You can put the address in there and then it'll tell you how much. And it told me that it was $65 to ship. And uh, when I got there, I put it up on the scale and I told the guy, it said 25 at home. And he goes, well, what's it say? And I'm like, Oh, it says 23 and a half here, which makes me think that I weigh less than my scale says, which makes me really happy. Um, but it ended up only being $58 a ship, which wasn't too bad. I'm, 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 I think it's, I'm worth it. It's, it's worth the $58 to have her have all those gifts that her and the kids and, and Jeremy right. and I can all unwrap. I like that. So, right. You know, bathroom scales, the kind of scales you have at home uh, to step on are notoriously really bad in the low end, you know, anything okay. under, anything under a hundred pounds. Uh, so what I usually do when I have to weigh boxes, is I stand on the scale and then I I hold the box. Oh, you pick up the box. Yeah, <laughs> and you do the math. Like That's it. right, and I do the math. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so after I shipped it, I wanted to get some lunch, but I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. There were three football games today, one at one o'clock, and I was interested in all of them for fantasy football reasons and just you know Cleveland Browns playoffs positioning um, reasons and stuff. I didn't really want to go out and sit until like two thirty somewhere and then come home at like three and miss the the first game. So I, I decided I was just not going to write today. I was going to go get some lunch and then come home and, and just watch football. They treat it like a Sunday for the most part. <clears throat> I did go to, I don't know if you know the restaurant Quaker Steak and Lou. 
no. um, Quaker State and Lube. It's a, I think it's no. local. It's franchise, but I think it's local to us. It's when I was a kid, there was one in Sharon, Pennsylvania, and I think that was the original. And they were they were like the first place that I ever heard of to have like an all you can eat wings night. Oh, really? um, and then since then, they've kind of moved into the area. And there's there's a couple of them close to me. A couple of weeks ago, I went to one and had this thing for lunch. Uh, it was funny. I was sitting there. I think I might have talked about this. So I was sitting there. And I couldn't figure out what I wanted to get. Did I want to get pulled pork or did I want to get, I think, a burger? And then the the waiter delivered something to the table next to me oh, in a yeah. skillet. And I was like, what is that? Yeah. And so I was in the mood for that. And it turns out it's just macaroni and cheese with some buffalo wings on top. And it's so good. And it's really small. It's the size of maybe a, a plate that like a teacup would sit on. But it's in a, a skillet. And it's the macaroni and cheese is like thick. And it's just, it's a filling meal. But it's good. Right. Um so I was there until about maybe 12.15. On the way home, I stopped and got groceries so I wouldn't have to do it tomorrow. And I was home by 1 o'clock. Hold on, I'm sorry. I'm just watching the football game up here. I'm rooting against the Steelers. They were up 13-0, now they're down 21-13. And the Indianapolis guy just ripped off a big, long run. I was hoping it was going to be for a touchdown. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, I, I'm easily distracted. Um, so uh, I, I got home. I went to the grocery store. I wouldn't have to do it tomorrow. And then I just kind of sat and I watched the, the Bengals game I watched the whole game, but it, it, I just kind of sat there watching it until about halftime. And when halftime popped up, I opened up the Living Writer, and I wanted to play around with their outline tool, their outline generator, see how that worked. So what they do is they give you a couple different boxes. They give you a, 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 a title where you can put in the title of the book. They give you a description area where you can type kind of what you want out of the story. And then they give you a uh, elements section where you can type the elements, and that would be like the people, the places, and the things. And then they give, then they make it so you can select the genre, and the oh, what is the last one? The genre, and the oh, the um, the the story uh, structure, the type, like hero's journey and all those other ones that exist. Right. Cats, the the save the cat and, and three act structure and stuff. So I went and I chose um, I chose save the or I chose a three act structure and um, um, crime and mystery. I think is is what I chose. And then I just started typing. Like I went into the description section. I just typed a whole bunch of stuff. I probably spent an hour and a half on and off as I watched the football game typing. I typed character profiles like crazy. And finally, when I was ready, now in the trial thing, you only get five times to do that. And I already used one earlier in the week when I was just messing around with it. So I only had four left. Again, this is the, I believe it's unlimited in the, once you subscribe, but in the trial version, you only get five. I'm guessing it's because it makes a pretty big call to chat GPT and probably costs them money. I don't know. I don't know why they would, right. they would, unless they don't want you to, well, the trial doesn't last very long. So yeah, I'm not sure why they would limit it in the trial because the trial only lasts a couple weeks anyway. Um, yeah. But if they had, you know, it's like you said, if they had somebody doing it, you know, like 20 hours a day for 14 days yeah. or whatever, it, it would burn up a lot. Yeah. So, but what you can do, and I, I, I didn't know this at the time, um, I hit um, generate outline and it was pretty general. You know, I wasn't specific enough in my, my description. So what I did was I hit, so what, what you can do is you can press a button that says, yeah, this is perfect, use this. It'll create the book for you and create the outline with the chapters. And then you can just go in and start writing, which is nice. Or you can hit cancel and then you, it takes you back to that page where you can now edit or add to what you had written. So you can do that over and over again as you're adding more. And I don't know if this is something that I would use. I feel like I would still use ChatGPT for this. Um, I'm not sure, uh, but I, I do like what it did. I just don't think I used it well enough to where I got a, a specific. I think if you're going to use it, you need to know a lot about your story. Like, give me the plot, give me the characters, give me 
um, give me what you think the twist is going to be. It's really just writing an outline for you. Right. And the less specific you are, the more it will make up those things. But those things are really generic. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's something I'll, I'll definitely play around with when I'm going to plot book three, if I'm a subscriber at the time, which I'm guessing I will be. We'll see. Um, so yeah, that was fun. That was a couple hours right before um, we started podcasting. That's what I did. And that's my week. And I usually look down at the clock to see how long I talk when I do my week in review. And usually I'm around 32 to 35 minutes. We're at 49 minutes right now. So I talked a lot. Holy cow. Uh, well, we chatted a little bit up front. I think that's probably what it was. Yeah, um, we'll go with that. My, yeah. My week... Um, was uneventful really overall uh last sunday we had church in the morning uh in the afternoon after we got back after lunch i did a little bit of painting in uh in the bathroom touch up some stuff that i had damaged doing some other other work in there uh before i we have guests for the holidays i then cooked a turkey for my wife's meals while we're apart um so that was fun i always like cooking a turkey because then i like to eat it when it comes right out of the oven <laughs> Uh, did some promo and marketing later in the day and actually sat down read for a couple of hours at night before going to bed. I, f I f finished Scalzi's Old Man's War, which was interesting because I had bought that book for this trip and I, I basically read it in the span <laughs> of three days. Uh, I'm definitely going to get the sequel. I think there's six books in this series, but I'm definitely going to get the sequel when I get back in the new year. It, it was good. It was good and it was different. And uh, I like his writing style. I think I may have mentioned last week his writing style is a little bit like mine is a little bit snarky and stuff the characters uh and things and he does some he, he writes some pretty good action things too which is you know kind of amazing for a first novel out of the gate or at least the first published novel they had uh monday uh right after breakfast i hit the facebook promotion and marketing uh treadmill uh did that for about half an hour or so uh and then i spent about another hour doing admin in uh my facebook group that i'm uh, admin for uh, then next, I, I sat down with uh, Death Comes to Paradise. I don't know why I decided to do it, but I just got the bug. I got to get to knock that chapter out. I got to get this bridge built so that I can finish this story up because it's just been bugging me. Uh, and that's when I got the, the 2K plus words on that chapter. Um, yeah, so I, I think I'm in pretty good shape with that story now. I can, I can, there are a number of chapters that still need to be written, but they're not they're they're more natural extensions than what this chapter was um I, I think i mentioned before that i as the story has evolved over time i ended up with instead of a single mystery plot i have two mystery plots because there's a, there's a main mystery plot and then there's a it turns out there's a mystery in the b plot as well and uh that trying to bridge those two together and make them connected mm -hmm. in some way is what was really bugging me. But I think I may have solved that. Had a when, doctor's you said, you, when you said uh, help build that bridge, that's what you meant? Yeah, yeah. Help okay. the, build the bridge between the two murder uh, mysteries. Uh, not that, well, they are connected. Not that the murders themselves are connected in a particular way, but the, the rationale behind them is. Um, I had a doctor's appointment at 1.30. Uh, then I stopped by Lighthouse Coffee on the on the way back to chat with the owners and the baristas that I know and wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Uh, when I got back home, I played around in the afternoon more with Novel Crafter. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, heard this or not, but it's gone into open beta now. So anybody can sign up for it. You get a 14-day free trial. And I think if you sign up right now, you get not only the last 14 days in this year, but you'll also get 14 days in the new year when they actually go to a subscription model. Uh, so you get an opportunity to, to try it out if anybody wants to try 
to test drive it uh, basically now for a month, if I understand it correctly. Their pricing structure is really interesting too. I mean, I, I think I've mentioned this. It's, it's kind of built like Noveler in, in the sense that you can just go in there and use it just as a writing and organizational tool that you use all you know yourself. Um, and if you want to do that, it only costs four bucks a month. To, okay. to, to use it that way. If you want to use the AI tools that they have, uh, I think that costs uh, nine bucks a month. So that's not that much. If you want the full blown suite of AI tools, which includes um, a, and I, I shouldn't say the full blown suite of AI tools because I think in a nine buck per, uh, subscription, you also get those tools. But in the $14 subscription a month, uh, you get also, what they call a review review tool. Now, this is still, since it's still in beta, they're still working on this tool. Right now, it just basically keeps track of some basic statistics of your novel, word count, words across chapter, how, how, how the chapter's length is across the novel, you know, basically gives you some idea of pacing and things like that. I think they're going to build that, or though I should say the woman, there is no they, there's a woman behind us. She's going to build that out as we go forward. Um, and if you if you go for a year subscription, you get two months for free. Uh, yeah, so it, I think uh, I think I'll probably be signing up for that uh, in the new year, uh, and just I may go month by month for a little bit just to see how it goes. But I'm having fun playing with it, if nothing else. Probably taken away from my write, actual writing, but you know that's the way it goes with tech tools sometimes. Uh, after dinner, didn't really do much. Spent the evening doing a puzzle uh, with my wife and then sit, hit the sack early. Uh, Thursday, Tuesday, the first thing after breakfast, we have to head over to the next town over where uh, the closest feed and seat is to get chicken food for the time that we were gone. We were about run, had about run out. Uh, and then I stopped at a little independent bookstore that's in that town that I like to patronize. We really don't have one here in Baton Rouge itself, but over in Denham Springs, there's a place called Cavalier Books. Uh, it basically services uh, the used book market, but also new books as well. So I walked out of there with a, a hundred bucks poorer than when I went in. Oh, <laughs> had a bunch of used books and new books. Uh, the two new ones I bought uh, for this trip that I'm carrying with me, one's called Fortune Favors the Dead by Stephen Spotswood. I started that last night uh, in the hotel room. It uh, read the first chapter. It's, it looks like it's going to be pretty good. Um, it's, it's set actually uh, in... Manhattan in I, I I don't have a complete grip yet on the times times uh, the era in which it's set it hasn't been explicit but I, I I'm feeling like it's probably in the 50s or something like that so it's probably going to come out be a little bit like a noir novel uh, as as it progresses and the other one is the Locked Door by Frieda McFadden both of those authors are new to me uh, they do have a lot of books out between the two of them so. Uh, hopefully, one of the two I will I will like and be able to get other books of theirs in the future. I would say don't don't worry about um, um, losing writing time because you're playing with new toys, uh, even if even if it's Novel Crafter, which is a new toy. Because I'm looking across out into my dining room at my dining room table where I see a a thing I bought off of Amazon that on the pack box says ages three and up. That is a track <laughs> that I can use if I want to try to build a marble racing track. I Ooh. may buy two. I may buy two more of the same thing to get more track pieces, and then try to build an actual track. We'll see. Oh, and, th and then film it and put it on YouTube. Maybe I yeah. doubt it, but maybe. <laughs> you get that guy from the from F one to uh yeah to do the commentary for you. Yeah, Greg Woods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
after work, I or after work, after lunch, I worked a little bit on the codex for Shroud of Shadows. Um, uh, and basically what this involved is I, I'm trying to flesh out the characters, the main protagonist, the antagonist, the sidekick, some of the minor characters. And I'm really bad at doing this up front. I'm kind of a discovery writer, or I always have been. I'm trying with this novel crafter to be a little bit more disciplined about what I do and how I do it. So, but I can't just sit down and write out a whole character description. It, be, it just doesn't come to me that way. So what I did is I asked uh, through Novel Crafter. I was asked. I was working with Claude, and I was. I asked. I said, "Okay, I want to build a character sheet or a character description for this main character." And here's, you know, here's the setup for the story. This is basically the kind of genre of the story. You know, start asking me questions about. Uh, yeah about the character and, and and give me 10 potential answers that you think would lead to a good character for this story. And so it did that and gave me the 10 and I could, I could either choose them or sometimes what one of the 10 or a couple of the 10 would make me think of something else that I really wanted. Right. So I would go ahead and give it to them. I kid you not, just for my protagonist, this process went on for 45 minutes. Nice. Uh, but at the end of it, I had an incredibly detailed, fleshed out character where you know their motivation, you know their backstory, you know how they react to things, you know the, the, the physicality of them, you know their shard of glass, you, the, whole, the whole nine yards. So I've never gone into writing a story where I've had that much detail in a character before. And, and hopefully we'll be able to understand a little bit or understand them more and thus be able to write the story a little bit cleaner the first time through. Because I know why they're doing things a little bit better than I ever have. I usually yeah. have to write right to the end of the story and then realize, oh, this is why they acted that way or <laughs> so come up with something like that. So anyways, that was kind of fun. But I, I, I puttered over that uh, the, the whole afternoon and probably will be puttering more with it over the holidays. Uh, the rest of the day, I just spent doing odds and ends, uh, including potting up a bunch of plant cuttings I'd taken out of the garden. I'm trying going to try to overwinter. I'd have them stuck in glasses of water all over the windowsill in the kitchen, and most of them rooted, so I had to put them in soil. So hopefully they'll live while we're gone over the holidays. Uh, and then finally I did some laundry, I think, for the trip that evening. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday, other than some Vela promotion and Facebook administration work, I really did nothing of note writing-wise. Uh, there's just uh, too much other things to get ready before my trip. Uh, and I think I left, oh, this is left over from last week, setting into a routine uh, with Novel Crafter. I forgot to erase that. Uh, I did look, I think, at Novel Crafter again, this, uh, just to see what was going on with it. There are some glitches still in the program. Uh, hard to tell if the glitches are within Novel Crafter itself or with the interface with the AIs on the other side. Uh, Claude was being particularly obstinate on Thursday where you would ask it for something and it would give you two words back and that's it. Oh. Uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, hope I, that they did. Well, the one thing that's good about, uh, this woman who's doing this is she set up a discord channel. Uh, and it's a really active oh. discord channel. If you go in there, there's a lot of people in there talking about what they're doing, how they're doing and stuff. And there's also a, a section in there, a general section where people are, are uh, posting the problems they're running into. And when I went in there, I saw that everybody was running into this problem. On that on that particular day, so I got a feeling it was something to do with Claude at that point, yeah, because the, the developers over there were probably messing around with it. Um, so Friday and, and today, I basically been driving all day long. I get up, 
before dawn. I try to get on the road at dawn as it's getting light, drive all day. And I listen to what now seems like hundreds of podcasts uh, in the last couple of days. I know it hasn't been that many, probably a dozen. But I've caught up uh, on all the ones I wanted to listen to from Mark Dawson and Joanna Pan. Lots of stuff on AI, lots of stuff on author business and, and planning. Uh, Joanna Penn did a interview not so long ago with Joe Solari. In fact, it was right after the Vegas conference, I think, or right around the Vegas conference. I don't know if you heard that one or not, hmm. but uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff in there. Joe's kind of interesting. He's kind of, you know, uh, monotonic and, and deadpanned in his, in his talking. So it's sometimes a bit hard to keep up and pay attention. But um, he had some interesting points. But the one thing I found really interesting you know, he's basically in the business and has been since 2017 of helping helping authors improve the business side of their operations, um, mm. coming up with more efficient tax planning, uh, you know, more efficient ways of, 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 of uh, spending and, and uh, hiring people and stuff like that. The whole idea is being is uh, getting to the point where you increase your profits. He has a statistic that he, he dropped in in the course of a conversation that I, th I found amazing, but it's something I mentioned here before uh, a few weeks back. He said that when authors come to him, and it doesn't really matter if they're authors that have been doing brand new, which he gets some brand new authors, or if they're authors that have been doing this for 10 years. He says, on average, these authors are clearing profit of only about 15% of their gross revenue. Um, he uh, uh, and his clients that he works with consistently over time has been able to get most most of those people up to, into the 40 to 45 percent gross profit, but or profit off their gross revenues. But this gets back to the something I mentioned earlier a few weeks ago, and that is when somebody says they're a six figure author. Yeah. What does that mean? If they're a six figure author, if they make one hundred thousand dollars, but they're only clearing fifteen thousand dollars in profit. That's not very impressive. And it's certainly not a living wage of, no, of any no, kind. No. Yeah. yeah. Now, if you're $100,000 and you're clearing 44% of that or $44,000, then that's getting a little bit closer maybe to what you could live on. Right. But uh, yeah, I found that really interesting that, that people get hung up. And, and, and this was actually his point as well. People get not only hung up on the, on the units sold, which has absolutely nothing to do with whether your business is going to survive or not. The unit sold has nothing to do with it. Because the, the big piece you're missing there is, you know, what it's, what's the price? What's the pricing strategy like? Uh, you can sell a million units at 99 cents and, you know, go bankrupt the next year. Uh, and, and the other thing that, you know, people get hung up on is gross revenue. Gross revenue means nothing in, in the context of running a business. Not, not nothing, but it doesn't mean as much as people think. Because out of that gross revenue, you've got to pay all your expenses, including, hopefully, a living wage for yourself. Uh, so I, I found that really interesting. Uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. I, right now, uh, looking back, I, I looked really quickly at my spreadsheets that I've been keeping track of over this past year. And I was not really happy with uh, what the net profit was as a percentage of my gross intake on Vela. But it's around 25 or 30%. So I'm doing a lot better than a lot of people. Have yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, I guess I should be happy with what, with, with what I'm getting there. Now, the other thing to realize, and he didn't talk about this, but I realized this just from looking at my spreadsheet, is that to talk about your net profit 
in percentage terms off your gross is a little bit misleading. And, I, and I'm going to go into more depth about this when we do our year-end wrap-up. But uh, there's a, the, the one metric I think that's very, very important is what is how much do you clear off of gross counting marketing and direct production expenses? And in terms of direct production expenses, I mean costs for covers, uh, you know, costs for you know whatever goes into the actual production of the product, not not counting your wage, but what goes into the actual physical production of the product that you're going to be selling, because all the expenses below that, that's where you play tax games with. You start charging, uh-huh. you start tar- charging travel and stuff, uh, you know, to your to your business right. account, and doing all those kinds of things to lower your net profits so you don't pay as much taxes as you would otherwise. Uh, so yeah, it, it's interesting. It's been a long time since. Well, it's been I've been retired now almost ten years, and I used to do this kind of stuff for for farmers that that were you know bringing in fifty million dollars a year and playing these tax game strategies. And somewhere along the lines, I just forgot about it. <laughs> I didn't even didn't even realize that this is the kind of game you have to play. And I guess you have to play it too in the author in the author world as well. Um, did you um, did you listen to any podcasts that were non writing related, or was it just all writing stuff? No, no, I just got I just got hooked into non writing. Although uh, this next one coming up uh, is kind of non writing related, although yeah. I've got something related writing related I want to talk about. Uh, Johnny B. Truant, I I stumbled across uh, a very short interview he did with uh, Joanna, I think it was maybe maybe it was Mark. Or, or, or James Platch, but uh, I, you know, I was kind of interested in see well if he has he been doing interviews with anybody else, and he's done a couple of really long interviews with this uh, on this show called Z Dog MD. Um, this guy is an ex an ex MD medical doctor uh, who got sick of the medical profession and the way it's the way it's gone corporate, and so dropped out of that world into the podcasting world and. Found his niche, I think, really podcasting about COVID and stuff, but has, has since branched off into a lot of uh, uh, philosophical and meditation and that kind of that kind of thing on his podcast. But he's had Johnny B. Truant on there a couple times. I listened to the very first time he had it on there, and the reason why Johnny B. was on the the, the podcast is because Truant had run across the po- Z Dog's podcast, had listened to it. And I realized that both Truant and the Z-Dog guy had started off their uh, professional careers doing the same thing, counting stuff about uh, fruit flies. Now, if you remember okay. that. About, wow, about John, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you remember that about Johnny B. Truant, but he he was doing a PhD in a genetics lab at, uh, oh. actually at, uh, what's, the, what's the big school in Cleveland, the big uh, university? Yeah, John, Johns Hopkins? No, no, no. It, no. no um... Um, well, there's Cleveland Clinic. Was it, was it maybe Case Western? Maybe it's that Case oh, Western. Yeah, I knew yeah. it was from Cleveland. I didn't know he was doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's how he started off. In, in but he couldn't he couldn't finish his PhD. He was he was actually having physical symptoms uh, from doing that kind of work because it didn't fit with his personality. But he thought it was oh. something. He thought it was something he needed to do. But he was he was having panic attacks and everything else. So he dropped out of that world, dropped into the internet marketing world, and that's when he met up with Sean. And got hooked up with, with Sean and Dave, and so he talks a lot about in these podcasts about uh, uh, ten years on after writing it, uh, selling Fat Vampire and having it made into a, a television show. Uh, 
they're apparently, as of these podcasts that he was talking about, in their second season, filming the second season, hoping to get getting picked up for a third. Talked about how he was on the set in in Victoria, in British Columbia, where where they were writing and where they were filming the, the show. How he was like a minor celebrity and all that. He said he realized after that encounter that what he what he's really in this business for is to get known and for people to love him. <laughs> so, but but the other thing he mentioned, and this was kind of an offhand, because they were talking about him and Zvog were talking about how stories can change your life and that your life is basically a story. And a lot of people get stuck in somebody else's story, and they don't they don't really, I guess, in other terminology, don't really self actualize, don't really come to be their full selves and do the things that they want to do because they're they're stuck being a bit character in somebody else's story. So they were talking a lot about story and they just happened to wander into how a story structured. And Johnny put it a way in which I've never really heard it put quite this way. It makes perfect sense. Should have thought of it this way, but I never really, really did. He says the first act of a first act of a story is a, is the protagonist in their normal world. Okay, you know, everybody kind of knows that. You know, that's that's where the, what the first act is about. You show set up the protagonist in their normal world, and then they're pursuing their normal wants, and ultimately, you want to lead them along into a crisis. Now, the crisis that leads into the second act, Johnny says, anyways, is really when they realize that what they want is not what they really need and that they they really need something else and they start to pursue that. The problem, and that's what occupies the first half of the second act, the problem is they're pursuing that need with the way, with the tools that you use to pursue the wants of the first act. And so there's a mismatch there, which leads to these repeated try-fail cycles where they're, they're just trying things, but they constantly fail because they're not using the right approach, which ultimately leads to, in, within the context of a story, should lead to the, a midpoint crisis or a mirror, the mirror moment, as James Scott Bell calls it, where they realize they have to change something about how they're approaching the way in which they're trying to get their needs. They have to change something about themselves in order to get at those needs. And then that sends you off into the direction of the climax. And I never thought about this mismatch between the way in which they approach what they're trying to get, whether it's the want or the need, and where that occurs in the story. And that kind of, for me, that was kind of a light bulb moment. I mean, other people may know that or may realize it intuitively, but to know that you know, you really have to, as you go into the second act, you have to show them failing, but they're failing not because the task is too hard necessarily. They're just using the wrong tools, either you know physically in the in the real world or emotionally or whatever, to get what they need. So I found that interesting. So I'm, I'm picking up little tidbits like that as I listen to these podcasts. A lot of it, of course, is repetitive and stuff you know I've heard before. Uh, Joanna has had some really good stuff on generative AI and how that's going to change the search business. And because it's going to change the search business, it's going to change discoverability for authors. Uh, apparently. Uh, she says that in January, Amazon's search engine, the way it's structured now, is going to change over to generative search, generative AI search. It's no longer going to be keyword-based like it has been. They're moving towards a, you know, she thinks anyways, uh, they're moving towards a structure where you as an author will submit your novel, but they would create the blurbs 
and all the packaging and all that kind of stuff for your novel based on the text of the novel itself. And they'll be able to do that using AI. You know, they couldn't do that manually, obviously, with the right. volume of novels uh, that are set up. They'll also be much, much, uh, ease, much better positioned when they try to start doing that of identifying low content uh, products that people try to push through the Amazon system. So anyways, I, I found that really interesting. I found it, the idea uh, interesting that um, at some point we won't have to fiddle with this idea of keywords and trying to actually position our stories in what we think the correct genre is. Amazon will use AI to identify what the genre is, even if it's a mixed genre, and we'll be able to tag that story as a mixed genre, say romance and mystery, and be able to market it to people who like romance and mystery together. Yeah, so I find a lot of that kind of interesting. Um, I can't imagine that would go over very well with a lot of authors where they're saying, yeah. we're going to do your blurb and your packaging. It, it's going to, I think that's probably a little bit further down the line. Uh, yeah. What's going to happen with, you know, if they really do go to a generative AI form of search, uh, then uh, it's going to be like slow creep. You know, they'll do a slow creep version of yeah. it where people won't really realize it's happening. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they'll see categories changing. They'll see categories, more categories coming on, but they won't really know why, except in the background, Amazon's taking their stories and deciding where they think they want to put them right. uh, in order to market them. So they're really going to, instead of just being a pure distributor, really, you know, Amazon really hasn't been a pure distributor ever, probably, maybe right in the very beginning. Uh, they're very much more of a marketing agent because they, they take and they they promote certain stories and they certainly oh, promote sure. them for their own imprints. Uh, and they, you know, they, they do certain things with trad pubs and even certain things with popular indies. Uh, so they're going to be much more of a marketing agent going forward, uh, which is another reason why as some of these other podcasts I listened to mentioned, there's been such a push recently for authors to set up their own stores. So they have much more control over who sees, uh, who sees their stories, who buys them. And, and more, probably more importantly, they will get the information about the buyer and be able to right. you know, tag them later on. Right. So anyways, I'm learning, I'm learning a lot. I'm learning some things I had learned before and forgot. Uh, I'm learning some new things. And so it's been good to have that time to uh, to listen to all these podcasts. That's, so have all that's a lot of hours listening, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, I think up to up to date, it's been about uh, probably pretty close to 15 hours of podcasts I've listened to. Yeah. And there's not been a quiet, I haven't had quiet moments up at, on the drive up. I've listened to it nonstop. So. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So that's, right, so that's running. It. Running all the way down to my, my running list of future things to do. Um, I have the same things I've, I've had in there, except I did add a couple little things here at the end that I want to talk about. Uh, you know, the bonus content. Do I want to do, like, newspaper articles? I do. I don't know if I'll take the time to do it. I haven't even thought about it except for when I read it on this podcast, so I don't know if it's something that will happen or not. Um, update my Manufacturing Murder book one with just two quick sentences. Uh, that's something I'll do over the Christmas break, I think. Uh, get my web hosting sorted. That's something that I added this week because I got charged for another month it's like $34 a month when you do it through SiteGround without paying for like three years or two years. It's really expensive. Mm -hmm. And I didn't forget about it. I just haven't taken the time to actually do it. That's something that's one of those things as a computer programmer that I, and probably as anybody, not just a computer programmer, that you just look at and go, I just don't want to deal with all this, you know? Right. And, and that's something I have to sit down and do. And I have a whole bunch of, or not 
vacation is holidays coming up over the next couple of weeks where I'll have time to do that. So I'll try to figure that out at some point. And then the Story Grid Guild starts January 7th. Uh, January 7th. Uh, I've been watching some of the videos in the in the Guild account. The thing is that they tell you that you should watch beforehand. But I want to talk about real quick a video that came out uh, a couple of days ago. It might have been yesterday from Tim Grawl, you know, in, in his Story Grid YouTube channel. And he talked about why Story Grid does what they do. And he, you know, he says that people think that they're a scam and why are we paying so much money? He says, and he is really the answer behind that is because we're not just trying to teach people to write. He said, we're a business. We're not trying to teach people to write and then sending them on their way. If we like them and it goes well and it's a good match and they would like to do it, we'd like to publish them through Story Grid Publishing. There's a whole, oh, okay. it's a lot more than that. I really, really paraphrase there, but that's kind of where he went with it. And I started thinking, you know, I would not, I never really thought traditional publishing. It's not really traditional, but it's close. And Sean Coyne was a traditional publisher for a long time. So I'm sure there's a lot of pieces that are like it. But if it is something that went well for me, I would consider it if it was a possibility, if they were open to it and they liked me and I liked them. I, it's something that I think I would consider. Right. Yeah. You know, what it is, is basically you're going with a small press at that point. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, really the way small presses operate in the uh, is light years different than the big four slash five, uh, the way they operate. So, yeah, I mean, that, that, it would be interesting to do that. And, you know, a lot, yeah. a lot of the more popular indie authors are becoming hybrid authors now as more and more of these small presses uh evolve uh, which you're seeing yeah. quite a bit uh in terms of my addicted to it's pretty much the same as last week um just the whole facebook uh posting the christmas things and um, i spend a lot of time in the evening kind of searching through trying to find things that are new i mean i've watched christmas vacation and christmas stories so many times that I, those aren't things i want to post about Although if I get home late from work one night and didn't post, that could be something I just do because I can do it really fast. But, uh, you know, I don't want to watch Elf. I don't like Will Ferrell, but that's something I might do because I've never seen the movie before. Mm. Um, and, and there's a lot of those movies. The the What's the Schwarzenegger movie? Um, or is it, isn't there a Schwarzenegger movie about Christmas? There is. I, I can't remember what it is. I is sent that you Jingle a All the Way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. And then, yeah, you sent me that link with like the 25 best Christmas movies of all time. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't even know most of those movies. I, I don't know where that did. came from. Well, and, and half of those, I realized after I'd sent half of those, they just happen to take place at Christmas. It doesn't, well, it's kind of like Die Hard. You know, they take place at Christmas, but it's not really right. about Christmas. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been spending, you know, what, the free time in the evenings that I have in terms of my addicted to. Right. Well, I've got nothing special in terms of addicted to since I've just been really too busy getting ready to leave and, and then driving. Uh, if anything, you could say driving has been my addicted to probably. <laughs> it will be over these holidays because I'm, you know, we're going, I'm going to be uh, in Detroit. So I drove up to, it'll be the 1200 miles up to Detroit. Then when my wife flies in and my, my son and daughter-in-law fly in, uh, we'll be there for a few days. And I'm going to drive down to Virginia and then we'll be there a few days and we're going to drive down to Baton Rouge. And then we'll be there for a few days. I'm going to drive down to New Orleans to take them to the airport so they go back to Los Angeles. So it's going to be a lot so of driving, driving in there. Yeah, yeah. so much driving. <laughs> All right. Uh, in terms of my coming up this week, it's a little bit of a different schedule this week as we get into the holidays. Um, uh, now that the revision is done, like I said earlier, I'm going to start working on the on the actual story grid piece, um, catching up all the notes. And then what I'm going to do as I, as I kind of run through it, get it in the spreadsheet, uh, I'm not going to do any editing on it. I don't want to actually, because it'll turn into the, what I just did, which was supposed to be my story grid revision, story grid revision, where I spend all the time editing and, and don't update the story grid. Um, I want to do that 
But the last thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take the the page. Well, if I see something that needs edited, I'm going to mark it. I'm going to highlight it or bracket it or something just so I know that when I go back next time to go ahead and make the changes to it and just move on. Don't worry about too much of the writing. Uh, but one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to copy it into Living Writer as I go, um, which is another reason I don't want to make changes. I don't want to have to make changes in two places. But I want to copy it in there because I want to start using some of the AI tools. One of the things that they said in the video that I posted, or I posted the link to last week, they posted it a couple weeks ago, is there's an AI chat feature. It's like a, it looks exactly like, you know how when you go to a website for a company and they have the, do you want to chat with me? Right. But right. you click that and the little window opens. It's the same thing for them. But she actually said, and I'm quoting now, she said, it understands your manuscript fully. So like in ChatGPT, it only knows like 8,000 words, right? The, the previous 8,000 or 8,000 characters, I don't remember, it's not very much. Um, but with this, with her saying it understands your manuscript fully, does that mean I can put, you know, 35 chapters, 75,000 words, and then just ask it a question about anything in the manuscript? It kind of seems that way. Um, so that is something I really want to test out before I commit to this thing. And if it does, then I'm all in. Like that is fantastic because I can ask it... I've always wanted to ask, the, you know, go into ChatGPT and say, when is the first time I introduced this character? Because I don't want to miss it because maybe I want to change that. Or or how many times did I mention this character in the, in the nature? Anything that I want to ask it, that's a, that could be available. You know, I, I, I don't know either, and I don't know if they say anywhere what kind of, what LLM they're using uh, underneath Living Writer or if they've developed their own somehow. Um, as far as I know, the only... LLM with enough uh, memory in order to digest an entire manuscript is Claude. I don't think GPT-4, even GPT-4 Turbo has a big enough memory to do something like that. Claude does. Claude can take up to basically up to 100,000 words and uh, digest it all and kick you out an outline, kick you out a blurb, do whatever you want with it. Uh, count, count the number of times a, a person is in the the main, the main yeah. yeah. Uh, I would love to say, write me a story Bible. Now, I don't know if you can do that with this with that chat tool. I don't think this is a, I don't know that this is a chat tool where it's like, although they do have a chapter analyzer. That's one of their new AI pieces where it'll actually give you a whole bunch of information about the chapter. It's almost like a critique tool that you hit the button and it just does it. As far as I can tell, that's one of the things that isn't available to me. So I don't know. Um, that's one. That's one of the reasons I want to like subscribe to it for a month, and um, and see you know what it's like. I was just trying right. to search their their website for their frequently asked questions. They don't really have anything in here that talks about, and I don't know if they even ever will. That talks about you know this is what we use behind our our, our code. You know I, they don't have to, I guess. So um, yeah, I'm not sure what they use, but they actually said that. That's what she said. She said um, uh, it understands your manuscript fully, which makes me think they're using something that does that. Right. Now, you know, uh, now that I've said that, though, I, I, I take it back because uh, I believe as a developer, you can get access to the root LLM underneath ChatGPT4 or, or ChatGPT4 Turbo, which has, then, then you have a much better or much bigger access uh, to the model than what a person mm -hmm. coming in through the web interface has. Uh, same thing with Claude. Uh, you know, if you're a developer and you're developing uh, uh, a package that goes on top, that you've, you've got a different kind of access than what they're presenting to people on their web web page. So, 
It, it could be using either of those two. Then it could be using ChatGPT or it could be using Claude. Or was it OpenAI or Anthropic? Is really what Anthropic, yeah. yeah. I hope within the next couple of uh, uh, weeks I have an answer to that, at least in my own experience. Because I'm gonna, right. as I'm doing this, I'm gonna copy every chapter in. I'm gonna end up with seventy-five thousand words, uh, and then I'm gonna start testing it and seeing what it does. And if I like it, there's a pretty good chance I do the yearly. And if I really like it, I could just do the lifetime and just get it over with. We'll see. You ought to, you ought to go into that little chat window thing and just ask it, what LLM model are you? Am I oh, talking that's with? A great, that's a yeah. great idea. Yeah. I, I may wonder, do that. Yeah, <laughs> Remind wonder, me of that in a couple of weeks. Okay. I wonder if they'll even, uh, if they'll even answer for you, but yeah. Uh, so let's see. Tonight after we're done, I'm going to get this thing posted. I'll probably go get something to eat, which is what I kind of do. And then I'll look for something Christmas related to watch. Uh, the Detroit does play tonight. They play Denver. It's a big deal for fantasy football for me and for some betting stuff I have. So I will be watching that. But I also gonna, I'm also i going to look for something Christmas. I'm not sure what it's going to be. I don't think I want it to be something very long. But I spent the last five days watching sitcoms. So I'm not sure yet. I hope I can find something. I think uh... – it's a big game for Detroit, uh, just yeah. for personal pride, uh, if nothing, or just to, to get off the schneid of, of, of losing the way they have been. Because uh, I think they pretty much have their division wrapped up because uh, both Green Bay and Minnesota lost. I think Detroit's still three games up on both of them. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, and there's only three games to go, right, after this week. So uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think they're pretty much a lock to win the division, but uh, yeah, they got to they got to get back into the into winning ways to go into the postseason. Not just be... winning ways, but uh, they got to look good because they have looked pretty bad. Jared yeah. Goff has looked terrible yeah. the last few yeah. weeks, so they got to yeah, he really better. has. Um, yeah. All right, so tomorrow, I'm sorry, Monday. Um, well, actually, tomorrow I'll go to Panera. I'll start doing my story grid stuff. And then I'll be home to probably watch football all day. And then in the evening, you never know. I could open up Living Writer or I could open up something and just start messing around like I do when I'm watching football in the evening. Monday, uh, Monday I'm working. I'm only working in the morning. I'm taking a half day on Monday. I had four hours left. Uh, I was going to take it on Thursday, but coworker, my coworker Brian, he wanted that day. And I told him back in September, if you want any days that I'm taking, just take them. All I, all I do is take them because I want to write. So I, I like Monday is a good day because I generally don't write on Mondays. I, I didn't want to take Tuesday because I write Tuesday nights anyway. Wednesday, I'm in the office, then he wanted Thursday. So I had to go with tomorrow, uh, Monday. So what I'll do is I'll get out of the office or I'll get I'll sign off around 11 and then I'll go. I have some errands I want to run um, and then I, I'll go somewhere and I'll start working on the story grading. I think I can do the story grading more at home than I can write. So that could be something that I spend a little bit less time out in restaurants doing right. and just doing at home. I, I'm not sure yet, we'll see. Um, Tuesday, I work from home, and then I'll probably go to Hothead like I usually do and right afterward. Uh, Wednesday, I'm in the office on this day this week. On Wednesday this week, it's our Christmas party. Uh, we'll, have, we'll have lunch together. There'll be like a gift exchange and all kinds of fun stuff that we do. I don't believe that I'll have any time to write during the day, and I probably won't do anything in the evening either. Um, so that'll probably be a non-writing day. Thursday, I'm back to working from home. I don't know what I'll do in the evening. We'll see. And then Friday, uh, that's when our, our Christmas Eve holiday is. Um, so I will be off work Friday. Um, I, I'm sure at some point I'll try to find some uh, time to write. The good thing about being off on that day, uh, which is two days before Christmas Eve, is that everything is still open. So if I want to go somewhere and sit for a couple hours, right. I can do that. Uh, and the weekend comes Saturday. I'll probably Chick-fil-A in the morning, which is funny. I've said that now the last three weeks. But each of the three Saturdays, my buddy Sean has said, hey, that's a good time for me to golf. So I end up going 
to golf with him at 10 and we're done by 11. I go somewhere else and then today I didn't go anywhere at all. So, but this Saturday I don't have anything and the golf is over. So I probably will do Chick-fil-A in the morning. Uh, and then I'll run some errands afterward and then we'll podcast in the evening. I assume you'll be able to podcast next Saturday. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure I will. Okay. That's Christmas Eve, Eve basically. Right. So, right. And then uh, my goal yeah, for, my, yeah. Yeah. I'll have to touch base with you about exactly okay. when. Okay, that's fine. Um, again, my my days Friday's a holiday, Saturday's a ho- I'm off Saturday, so any time is good for me. Okay. Uh, let's see. My goal for the week is I think it's to get through the first ten chapters of the story grid, uh, get all the notes for each of those ten chapters organized and put into Living Writer. Um, my the fifteen day trial they gave me runs out on the twenty sixth, which is a week from Monday, the day after Christmas. But you know, I wouldn't be surprised if later this week I've used it enough to where I'm happy with it. But I want to see those things they didn't give me, so I go ahead and just subscribe for one month and and really start to do kind of a deep dive into it. Yeah, it's probably, that's a low cost way of, of really taking it for a test drive. Uh, my coming week uh, tomorrow, I'll arrive in Detroit probably about mid afternoon, about four hours away at at most. Uh, I don't have much planned for tomorrow. I probably will go out and get a Detroit style pizza, which I always go to oh, a place called so Buddy's. Good. Yeah. yeah, go to a place called Buddy's and, and get it, and we'll probably have that tomorrow for dinner. And I'll probably just you know sit and visit with my mom and kind of get straight of what she needs me to do before my wife and kids get to town. Uh, Monday, I'll spend the day doing starting some of those projects, maybe doing finishing some of them for my mom. I don't think there's anything major other than I do know she needs her garbage disposal replaced, so I'll have to do that. Uh, if lucky, I'll get a chance to read and maybe do a little bit of writing that evening. Tuesday, I'll be working over at my brother's house and helping him go get a refrigerator. I don't think he's had a refrigerator for over a year. And uh, yeah, you know, he's, well, he's, he's a case in, in himself. Anyway, I'll go help him get a refrigerator. I think my sister and I are buying it for him for, for Christmas. Uh, later in the day, I'll, I'll no doubt be continuing the little projects for my mom. And again, I hope to get a little bit of writing done in the evening. Uh, if or if nothing else, play a little bit more with Novel Crafter to start developing some of the other character uh, sheets for this story. Uh, Wednesday, it's going to be uh, a day for some last minute crisp Christmas shopping <laughs> because I've left it right to the end. Um, nice. And getting the condo prepped for the arrival of, of my wife, Tammy, and uh, the kids. And so Thursday, Tammy flies in from New Orleans. So I'll be going to the airport to pick her up. Friday, my son and daughter-in-law flying from Los Angeles. So I'll go pick them up. And then basically that kicks off the uh, family holidays. And uh, I should be able to break away sometime on Saturday or maybe even Friday evening to uh, to do the podcast recording. Uh, okay. But yeah, I, I, other than that, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot gotten done this week and probably the week after either. So, Are you going to be able to take any time to do any promoting at all, or are you pretty much settled with that, that, that page count, this page? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to play by ear and see what happens when I'm at my mom's house. Um, I, I don't know how really how much she's got for me to do. I also don't know how much she's going to want me to take her out and, and do things, go shopping or whatever. Yeah. I know there's a couple places I want to go. Like the first place, is, place I want to go is Rocky Mountain Chocolate. To, because I, one of the things I buy us for Christmas is I buy a huge big box of truffles for my me and my wife, and then another huge box for my son and daughter in law. And then we have, uh, oh man, I forgot the word, uh, the the Norwegian thing where you spend Christmas Eve, actually spend every evening during the holidays, uh, eating chocolate and reading books. And that's that's kind of what we do. Oh, okay. Uh, they okay. have a special a special term for it uh, in in Norway. I can't remember what it is. Yeah, I got to do that, and so there's a couple other things I have to go pick up. But 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I really don't. I'm just going to have to play it by ear. But, you know, it's, um, it happens once a year. So, you know, you can't be too too upset about it. One thing I do want to share, and I, I have been thinking a little bit on this trip also about goals for next year. And I'm, I'm kind of just in real preliminary stages of, of, of doing my goals. But uh, one thing I'm, I'm kicking around doing is, I, I don't know if you know my tagline, if you go to any of my social media sites, or even my website, I think is is on there. If I if I have my homepage active, which I, I might not, uh, I uh, my tagline is just another writer with insomnia wandering the streets at night and trying not to fall into open manholes. Uh, <laughs> so what I'm thinking about doing, and and I'm, I'm going to crib this completely off of Dave from Giant Sean and Dave, is I'm thinking about starting a podcast next year, maybe oh. once a week, maybe once every two weeks where it is me walking around in the dark at night and just stream of consciousness talking about whatever I want to talk about. Maybe it's a right. story, maybe it's not. Maybe it's a mis- maybe it's mysteries. I'd like to more next year get into some more true crime, uh, which I've never really gotten into and maybe talk some about that. But anyways, yeah, I'm thinking about at least testing it, uh, testing out. And, you know, I've got a, uh, a uh, Zoom recorder a high tech recorder that and, and lapel mics and stuff, and just see if if I can uh, actually record anything that's listenable or not, and without having to do too much post production on it. Yeah. yeah. So instead of the walking Dave, it'll be a walk in the dark. <laughs> so, oh, I like it. All right. Do you remember? That's funny do you remember, because do you remember the that? walking Dave? The, no. Oh yeah, he had he had this little podcast for a while. Uh, kind of a separate podcast where he would go out for walks around his block trying to get trying to lose some weight where he would just ramble on about whatever it is was bugging him. Oh, I didn't time. know that. I didn't yeah, know he left his basement. Yeah, it didn't last very long. But uh, okay. I think this, I think it was like a vampire burned up in the sunlight or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty good idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because we like we always talk about this podcast being like a you know weekly podcast diary, but you're talking about like a true diary. Yeah, well your thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah, something like that. All right. I don't really have anything to share. I was going to talk about the living writer stuff, but I talked about it throughout this podcast. I think I covered everything I want to talk about. So um, that is it for the podcast. You have anything else you want to talk about? No, I'm, I'm empty. All right. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email me, jerry at jerryevanoff.com. You can go to my Facebook, facebook.com slash jerryevanoff author and follow that. Read about all the Christmas stuff I've been watching over the last <clears> couple of <throat> weeks. Um, and let's see, the website's jerryevanoff.com. Uh, we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash new author podcast if you want to check us out. And uh, if you want to see our faces and you can see the new background that I put up there because I did it specifically for one person and, and I know he watches on YouTube now. Um, you can go to youtube.com slash at new author podcast and see all the videos. And I'll be changing it up again after Christmas. I'm going to try to change it up more based on like the season or something that be going that could be going on in our lives where we kind of change it up a little bit. I'm just using book brush to create these images, which is makes it really, really easy. Um, yeah. My address, if you want to get in touch with me by email, is rich at richcasey.com. Uh, you can find me on all the social medias except X slash Twitter at Casey himself. Um, right now it's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, and Blue Sky. I'm halfway thinking about maybe trying out Mastodon just because I know a number of writers are on Mastodon. Um, Never but heard I don't, that one either. Oh, no, yeah. Well, it's, it's and I, I did try it out actually earlier this year, and it was – 
unlike most social medias, how to use it is kind of opaque. It's really difficult to figure out. At least it was for me. So I don't know. I may take a look at that. And check out my Vela stories. You can find them uh, links to them on my website at uh, www.richkc.com. All right, everyone, that is it for this week. And that was really, we're at an hour and 40 minutes here, which is one of our longer podcasts. So yeah, it's like uh, back thanks in for the listening. Yeah, no doubt. Especially if you made it to the end. Thanks for listening. And uh, we will talk to you all next week, probably Saturday, but maybe Friday. Who knows? Just It'll be there. Just check your feed every now and then. It'll be there. Yeah, have a great week. Uh, stay safe out there if you're driving around. Things will get crazy this week. Yeah.